It is uh, 12 o'clock, not 1 o'clock. You may be listening. What are these guys doing on now? Yeah, it's all confusing. Surprise, surprise. And uh, it's going to be a busy show for phone calls because the weather is just awful outside. Rainy, drizzly, yeah. Tsunamis, gray, dark. all that stuff. Like there's not a cloud in the <laughs> sky out there. So we are pleading. If uh, we had stuff to give away, we'd give it to you. But we'll take your phone calls anyway. you got uh, questions about severance. Now, uh, we're normally on or historically for the last year and a half, almost two years. It's been 1 o'clock till 2. Now, the uh, we've decided to extend the show to two hours. Because uh, we get requests for people to come on earlier and answer more questions and talk about more things. So we're going to go from 12 to 2. Uh, the number's a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior's personal number is 416-216-5900. You can call that number anytime. And Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. want to welcome all our listeners as well at AM 900 CHML in uh, Hamilton. So now until 2 o'clock, it's going to be you and I, pal. Two hours. So... Uh, Drink them if you got them. Okay, I will. <laughs> Not literally. Oh, okay, sorry about that. You got uh, questions about severance. What is severance? We're going to go over some uh, some broad strokes because uh, we're not used to this hour. You probably haven't heard us in this hour, so we're going to go over some uh, some back to basics. First of all, we always do the week that was for you. How was it? Well, John, thank you very much. And first of all, welcome all our listeners uh, at the 12 to 1 hour. Those not hearing us before, we're here to answer all your questions about employment law, workplace rights, what you're entitled to if you've lost your job. And what we usually do, again, for those that are not used to hearing us at this time, we like to start off, or I'd like to start off by talking about the week that was a couple of matters that I saw or dealt with uh, this week that I think where they present an important lesson for people mm-hmm. to uh, to listen to or learn from. So let me tell you about the first situation. Uh, you know, this one actually got a, a nice uh, laugh out of uh, uh, this matter resolved this week. I had a call from a gentleman who actually, who, his wife listens to our show and encouraged him and, and, and pleaded with him to call me uh, in my office. And like a good husband, eventually he did what his wife asked him to do. And, and he did call me. Now, this person uh, had worked for a company for about five years in a relatively senior position, was in his 40s, and was offered six weeks' pay. Now, he was absolutely adamant and sure that the offer was good. Correct. He was, was. C- uh, completely positive. Now, and I tried to explain to him that, no, that offer is not even close. In fact, I assessed him as being entitled to about nine months of compensation. He probably thought but, you were crazy. But he spent a lot of time arguing with me why that ca- can't make sense. And then he started sending me links to the Ministry of Labor website uh-huh. where it shows that someone in his situation should get five weeks pay. And he said, well, they've offered me six, Lior. So we actually went back and forth about three or four times through email and phone calls where I finally convinced him that, no, that information, that information about the from the Ministry of Labor is wrong. That's not even close to what you're entitled to. Those are your minimum entitlements only. So finally, after uh, about a week and three or four times back and forth, he agreed to let me send a letter on his behalf to his employer saying, you got to pay him more severance. So I did that. Uh, fast forward about a week and a half after that, we resolved his matter on the basis of him getting eight months pay. So again, we went from six weeks to eight months and about a week and a half. And the, and the thing is, there's nothing unusual about this matter. This is not an unusually good outcome or something strange. This is what happens in most of these cases. But I had to work so hard with this guy just to let me send a letter. Now, uh, yeah, the thing is this, this. This gentleman, though, is unique in one sense only, and that is that he actually made the call. Most people, believe it or not, even these days, after us doing the show for a year and a half, uh, don't make the call because they don't know any better. They don't know that they're entitled to more. They believe uh, certain half-truths or misconceptions that they hear, and they accept completely inadequate severance. And a lot of employers count on that. So this person accepted uh, 
very good severance because he made the call. So my message here is don't fall into that trap. If you've been let go, uh, give me a call. We're going to also talk later on the show about some other ways uh, that make it easier for you to figure out how much severance you're owed. But ultimately, most people do accept inadequate severance. Most people are offered inadequate severance. So don't be in that situation. So this guy did know going in that you're an employment lawyer. This well, is your job, right? Yeah, but, but he just couldn't wrap his head around the government of Ontario telling him one right. thing and me telling him something so completely different. There wasn't a gap of a week or two. There was a gap of months and months. Uh, but finally, I, I convinced them, and maybe his <laughs> wife did help me a bit in, in convincing him. And uh, I, I know that he's very, very happy that he listened to me. It's like a guy that walks up to Sammy Sosa. Sammy, give me the bat. You're swinging it the wrong way. Yeah, Let me Sammy, help you out please. Here. I know better. Exactly. McGuire's well, not bad, but you're a little off. <laughs> give me some tips. What, uh, what else happened? Well, let me tell you about another situation. Uh, again, this one is interesting. This gentleman had worked for a company for some 25, 26 years, in a senior position, uh, making 125000 Now, when he was let go, he actually called the lawyer. Not me. He called an- another lawyer. And he was told by that lawyer that he, you're not a, he was offered 12 months pay. You're not entitled to any more because you have a contract of employment in place with your wow. employer that limits your entitlements. So because of that, you're not owed any more. But he, he, he did hear the show and he said, you know what, let me call Lior for a second opinion. And I reviewed the contract. And that contract, in fact, that termination clause in the contract was not enforceable. Why? It did not have the effect of limiting. It wasn't drafted properly. It violated, violated the Employment Standards Act. And the net effect is that this gentleman, in fact, is owed 24 months pay. Hey, so he was shortchanged by about $125,000 from 12 Jeez. months to 24. So again, the lesson here is this. You, if you're going to deal with these matters, if you're going to listen to me and call an employment lawyer. Well, call an employment lawyer. Don't call the lawyer that handled your real estate transaction or the lawyer that drafted your will. Uh, as nice as they are, that's not their area of expertise. You really have to talk to someone that knows what he or she is doing. And that goes for right now as well. You have questions about severance or losing your job recently or it's on the horizon. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sell. You can also contact Lior through email, Lior at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break. First one of this two-hour, two-hour show. Now here at the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Actually, Employment Hours, we're going to do it too, right? Right up until 2 o'clock for all the newbies that aren't used to us uh, on this hour. We are here until 2 o'clock answering all your severance questions. Call that number or uh, Lior's private number outside of show hours, of course, 416-216-5900 and Lior at employmenthour.com, star 640 is the uh, cell number. Let's get back to, uh, again, this is uh, the first time we're doing two hours, so this hour we're usually not on until now, so... Let's go back to uh, the basics, uh, who you are, what you do, uh, why did you feel it was important to discuss workplace issues and all that stuff. An open forum right here. Well, thanks, John. And again, welcome to our uh, listeners here at, the, at this hour. So I'm Lior Samfiru, and I'm an employment lawyer, and I spend uh, all my time when I'm not on the radio, and even when I'm on the radio, is uh, helping individuals, helping employers deal with and, and navigate the, the, the maze of workplace laws uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, laws and regulations and uh, obligations that govern the workplace. The problem, though, is, John, that there's a lot of misconceptions out there in terms of what someone's entitled to, what someone can and cannot do, what, is, what the employer is allowed to do. Uh, you know, as it relates to severance, termination, overtime, changes to the workplace, hours of work. So what I try to do and what I spend most of my time, uh, you know, when I'm not on the air is I answer questions. I, I tell people, here's what your rights are. Uh, here's what you, you should be doing. Or, and then on the flip side, I talk to employers and I say, mm-hmm. here's what you need to do, employer, to stay out of trouble. And on the air here every Sunday, we do the same thing. We take calls and, and we help people understand what their workplace rights are. Now, as an employment lawyer, probably the vast majority of my time 
is spent dealing with termination of employment. Uh, in situations where people have been let go, they want to know, first of all, that the employer have a right to let them go, what they're entitled to receive from their employer, and, and what happens now. If they, Can they work again in the industry? Can they compete with their employers? All these issues surrounding termination sure. of employment uh, we deal with, and we've done this now for the, for the last year and a half on the air. So again, I encourage people to call us, uh, happy to answer questions. And my thing is, I'm not going to lecture you on the law. I'm not going to tell you, well, Section 17 says this. Forget that. I'm going to try to make things as simple as possible and tell you this is what you do. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Let's go through some basic points then since we're back to basics. Most people, I say, listening to this show right now, you said, uh, if you got let go tomorrow, how much severance do you think you get? And most people would say, like you had in that uh, week that was segment, either a week or two weeks per year. Yeah, and they're going to say exactly that, John. And they're going to say that, number one, because that's what people believe. Uh, and, and because they heard that from their neighbors, their friends, their their uncles. Uh, but the other thing, and the real reason why people think that it's a week per year of service or anything as simple as that is because they go online and they read what the Ministry of Labor has to say, and that is wrong. That's complete. That's not even close to being true. Uh, and why? And, and, here, and we've talked about this for a long time, John, but the Ministry of Labor only outlines a person's minimum entitlements on termination. Okay. Their minimum entitlements, not their full entitlements. Their full entitlements are different. The government of Ontario, the Ministry of Labor, doesn't look into that. They don't care about that. They don't get involved in that. So your full entitlements, the only way to uh, obtain those is to, to understand uh, what the law is. And the law looks at three factors, the length of your employment, your age, and your position. And on that basis, you have certain entitlements. So it's not a week per year of service. For 99.9% of people, it's a heck of a lot more than that. So people get a severance letter and they figure, okay, I better just sign this thing. Another thing people get all the time when they get severances, they go up to the HR office and says, okay, it's Tuesday. So... You know, sorry, we have to let you go. Here's the package. You can read through this, all the details of your severance. And if you could have this back to us by Friday at 5 o'clock, that would be excellent so we can get this underway and get you on your way. Yeah, and, and you know, it's always Friday at 5, John, and, and you always see this uh, deadline in the termination letter. So when do you think, by the way, the most uh, the busiest time in my office is? I would probably think Friday at 5. Yeah, Friday at 5, <laughs> probably even actually Friday morning where people call me in a panic saying, yeah. my package is going to expire in a few hours. I need to talk to you right away. So what I tell these people is what I'm going to tell our listeners right now is, do not worry about that deadline. That Friday at 5 or whatever the deadline is means absolutely nothing. Wow. Your legal rights don't expire Friday at 5 or at any other time. You have two years to pursue your legal two entitlements. Two years. Two years. Wow. So unless Friday at 5 is Friday at 5, two years since you've been let go, you don't have to worry about it at all. And people are going to people believe, well, if there's a deadline, something bad is going to happen if I don't accept it on time. Wrong. That is not the case. The only time that a deadline like that, in theory, could be relevant is if the employer is offering you a much better severance package than what they're supposed to be offering you. Jump on it. In which case, yeah, you want to accept it before they change their mind. I can tell you, I've been doing this for a long time, reviewed thousands of severance packages, and I have yet to see a severance package that's better than what it needs to be. So do not worry. Please, if there's one message here, do not worry about the deadline. Instead, Call, get some advice, even if it means you can't uh, answer on time. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Got Ruth in Toronto. Hi, Ruth. You have a question for Lior, and welcome to the first of two hours this week. Go ahead. Uh, congratulations. I hope you uh, get through the two hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just have a question for you uh, about overtime. You just mentioned something, and it's uh, yes. something for me. I'm a chartered accountant, so I remember reading something that said I wasn't eligible for overtime, something about you know, designation being a profession, yes. something along those lines. 
Um, just to be clear, I'm in industry, not in a in a firm. So right. I just wanted to be clarify that for me. Yes, and and thank you, Ruth, for the call. Uh, yes, that is correct. Certain professionals, uh, lawyers, doctors, accountants. Uh, do not qualify for overtime unless a contract of employment says otherwise. So there's no inherent right to overtime for certain professionals. Why? Pool cleaners as well, by the way. Weird. Uh, yeah, it's simply the nature of the position. It's one that, you know, it doesn't have regular hours of work. So so it's expected in, in certain professions you're going to work more hours and you're not going to get compensated for it. So I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't get overtime. The lawyers that work for me don't get overtime. And accountants, unfortunately, do not qualify for overtime unless a contract of employment States. explicitly yeah. provides for it. For one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Abdul in Newmarket, welcome to the show. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Abdul. Hi. Yeah, um, yeah. I have a question. Yes. I've, I've been working as a, a drywall with this company, and um, and I've been with them for five years, and um, I, I'm also in the union too. Yeah. So the thing that I notice is that they're not paying us overtime; they're just adding extra hours to our, our time. Like, let's say they work nine hours, they'll give us ten hours. Yep. So, uh, so, so, Abdul, let me f- say this. If you're part of a union, first of all, the collective agreement is the one that governs your relationship. So the collective agreement is going to stipulate what you're entitled to in terms of overtime. The other thing is that the only one that's allowed to help you in that situation is the union. You're not able or not allowed even to deal with the matter outside of your union. So my advice to you, talk to the union about what the collective agreement provides. And if the employer has violated the collective agreement, the union should be able to take, a- take action to resolve the issue. We'll take a short break on Alan Victoria. Hang on the line, guys. We'll get to you the number if you want to call in the next two hours. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're talking severance and everything under the umbrella of employment law. Very important for you to hear all this stuff. Right back here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The newly minted two-hour program. We are into hour one of this employment extravaganza. And uh, give us a call, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Welcome back to the show, Star 640 on cell. We'll, uh, we'll bounce right back in there. Got Al. Oop, no, wrong line. Silly. Ever used a phone before, Skulls? Uh, Alan Kingston. Hi, Al. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, sir. You got a question for Lior? Shoot. Yeah, I'm just wondering why management, so if you're a manager in a facility, how come they always seem to get um, screwed when it comes to overtime and all that? <laughs> that, that? That's a good way to put it, Al. I don't think I could put it any better. The reality is that managers are exempt from the overtime uh, regulations uh, that we have here in Ontario. So specifically, with respect to managers, an employer can require them to, to work extra hours without having to pay them overtime. That said, depending on the situation, let's say you're, you're an hourly employee and you make a certain amount of uh, 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 per hour, you still have to get paid for those extra hours. If you're on salary, though, you don't get paid overtime hours. And it's simply, I'm not, I don't agree with this. It's just what our, our statute and the Employment Standards Act provides. But I'll say one thing. Some people have the title of managers, but they're not necessarily managers, or maybe a, a very small portion of their time is actually spent managing. So let's say you have the title of a manager, but let's say f- less than half of your time is actually spent managing. The other half is doing the same work as everyone else. Well, what that means is that because you spend less, of, less than half the time managing, you're not really a manager, so all your time does count towards overtime, even the time that you are acting as a manager. So because of that, don't just let's not get hung up on titles. In some situations, someone that has the title of a manager may still be entitled to overtime. So if Al's like that, how does he prove that point? Well, the best way to deal with overtime is obviously either to, to speak with me, speak with a lawyer, or actually go through the Ministry of Labor. Uh, and they may be able to help you recover overtime going back a year and up to $10,000. 
I tried calling the ministry, yep. and they said there's nothing you can do about it if you're a manager. So are you, in fact, a manager in the sense that you, mo- you spend more than half your time being a manager, managing people, etc.? I was. Yeah. I, I quit my job because I wanted to get back into a job where I got paid for my hours. I yeah. hear you. If you were really a manager, in other words, you did spend more than half your time, then the Ministry of Labor is correct. Unfortunately, until the law changes, you're not entitled to overtime. It is what it is. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call. Victoria in Toronto. Hi, welcome to the show. Oh, hi. Oh, you got a uh, question for Lior? Thanks for taking my My question is this. My daughter works for a grocery store. She's a minor. She got terminated based on the fact that um, they do discount bruised groceries at the end of the mm-hmm. evening. Uh, say she wanted lemons, for an example. She would go through and pick some lemons that are less than um, sub- that are substandard yep. and have it discounted by the person who does the discount. And then she would pay for that and take it home. Apparently, this is considered um, a breach of trust. And they let her, they terminated her with no um, redress. Like they won't, they didn't pay her any overtime. They didn't pay her any, um, sorry, not overtime, any severance, mm-hmm. nothing. Just let her go. She's in a union, however, and can't get no one from the union to act on her behalf. She thinks it's wrong. And I'm just wondering, how can a company do this? Thank you, Victoria. So I'll do my best to answer the question. And first of all, in terms of the breach of trust, it does depend on what the practices and the policies are of the employer. Uh, certainly, it's not, it's not something someone would just be allowed to do is, and walk in and take produce from a, from a grocery store. That said, if they have a practice that allows that to happen, they can't complain that that's what someone does. Mm-hmm. So if the employer doesn't allow this, that could be a problem. For example, the employer may say, well, the only way you can take produce is if the manager approves it first. Okay, in which case, if you don't have the manager approved, uh, then that could be a breach of trust. It could be theft. So that, that could be a serious issue. Now, other than that, in terms of compensation and severance, uh, the only one that is allowed to help your daughter is the union. And if the union refuses, there's really not much you can do other than file a complaint with the labor board against the union, which is probably a waste of time. The reality is because your daughter is is young, I mean, you said she's a minor, uh, you'd be looking at minimal severance for her, uh, depending on length of employment, very, very minimal severance. So the effort that would require to file a complaint at the labor board against the union may not be worth it in this case. So you've got a termination letter now. Uh, Let's go through types of termination of employment. There's two main, right? There's two main types of termination of employment, John. The, The first type is what we referred to as a termination for cause. Now, a termination for cause can only happen if an employee is guilty of some significant misconduct, if that misconduct is repeated, and if the employer has done everything they could do to rectify that problem, but they failed. So if the employer can show those things that I've just described, the bad misconduct, etc., the employer can terminate the employee without any notice, without any severance. It is extremely difficult to terminate for cause. Ultimately, what the employer has to show is that whatever the employee did made it impossible to continue uh, employing them. It's a very, very, very high threshold. And a lot of employers, in my experience, pull the trigger on a termination for cause way before they should. So maybe someone did something wrong, maybe even a couple of things wrong, but they're not necessarily deserving of the ultimate penalty. And a termination for cause we refer to often as the death penalty of the employment relationship, because just like the death penalty, it's reserved for the worst offenders. Because it's so difficult to terminate for cause, most terminations fall in the second category, which is what we refer to as a termination without cause. Termination without cause can happen at any time, pretty much for any reason. There's a couple of exceptions which we'll talk about. 
the employer's only obligation is to pay severance, to pay compensation. So whenever we're talking about a termination without cause, i.e. a termination with compensation, reason doesn't matter, performance doesn't matter, the employer is allowed to terminate a good employee and a senior employee as long as they pay them proper severance. So at that situation, our job is to determine what is proper severance. And unfortunately, as I've said, most people, over 90%, are not offered proper severance because they or their employer don't know any better. So I walk into work tomorrow, my boss is something asinine, like, I don't like your haircut, I'm going to let you go for it. He can legally do that. He can do that. He absolutely can, <laughs> as long as he pays you severance. Uh, in your case, who, who could not like that nice haircut that you have? Because <laughs> there's nothing there. there's nothing there. But uh, other than that, yes, they could do that. There's a couple of exceptions, which we'll talk about after the break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. A lot of information, juicy stuff. Give us a call if you have questions. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll, uh, we'll take that short break uh, right back here with more of the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Into the first hour of two of the Employment Hour. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about termination with cause, termination without cause. When can an employer not let an employee go? Yeah, so right before the break, John, we're talking about the fact that a termination with compensation can happen pretty much for any reason. Well, there are exceptions, and, that, and the main exceptions really have to do with any discriminatory reason. So the employer cannot let an employee go, irrespective of severance, for discriminatory reasons. And what do I mean by that? Well, for example, an employer cannot let an employee go because of their race or ethnicity or because they have a medical condition. Those things are protected by our human rights legislation. And an employer can't get around that by saying, I'll pay you severance. Another example, an employer cannot let an employee go because they took a disability leave or because they took a maternity leave. That's illegal. Uh, That's a violation of the Employment Standards Act, a violation of the Human Rights Code, uh, and just a bad HR practice. So uh, those are exceptions. Severance doesn't fix those problems. But outside of discriminatory reasons, Mm -hmm. the employer can let an employee go at any time for any reason as long as they pay proper severance. And I can tell you that most people, when they call me, are very upset, and rightfully so, because they were let go. They're not necessarily even thinking in terms of severance. They're just upset that the employer let them go because they did everything right. Their performance was fine, uh, and the employer let them go for no reason. And what I have to tell these people, which is sometimes very hard to accept, is that the employer, as fair as that decision was, or unfair as that decision was, the employer did have a right to make that decision. We just have to make sure that they paid you proper severance. And invariably, at that point, we look at the severance letter and the offer is not, not appropriate. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. It can all be uh, very confusing. Jim and Bradford, you have a question for Lior. Go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm just confused I'm, uh, uh, with regards to termination and severance because it seems that we're referencing severance uh, for for all terms where the employment uh, relationship ends, and I and I find it a little uh, uh, misinterpreting uh, for people that severance is read the act and I read it online is that severance is and ter- termination are two separate things. Severance being uh, you have to be there. I think five has to be a, a payroll of. Uh, 2.5 million dollars, and then termination is an issue uh, that that everybody's entitled to termination. I think it's notice, so you have to get notice, and if you don't get that, then they have to justify why they they fire you. And uh, sometimes it can be with cause, and then it explains that the cause mm-hmm. can be things like theft and otherwise that 
where you would not be entitled to it. Jim, so and my understanding from the, his commentary is that is that everyone is entitled to severance, and it would appear that that the act is saying that that's not the case. So I'm confused. Okay, good, Jim. I really like this question because that's the reason we do this show to to talk about these misconceptions. So let me make it as clear as I can. What the act outlines is a person's minimum entitlements. I want you to forget about that because what I care about is a person's full entitlements, okay? And when we talk about a person's full entitlements, those are the amounts on top of the act calculated on the basis of length of employment, age, and position. So when we, when we talk about severance, we're talking about the amount of compensation that a person is entitled to receive if their employment comes to an end. It has nothing to do with the act. It has nothing to do with the Employment Standards Act. It's governed by a common law, okay, by the, by the decisions that our courts have made over the past 200 years. So because of that, every employee, and, and I'll repeat this again, every employee, no exception, is entitled to severance, to compensation, well above what's in the act. And it's the same, by the way, irrespective of whether you work for a huge corporation with thousands of employees or a small company with two employees, the amount of severance, the amount of compensation is going to be the same. And it's not governed by the act. It's not a week per year. And if uh, it's, it's, it's in some situations more, that's only a person's minimum entitlements. And the only time those minimum entitlements are relevant, Jim, is if you signed a contract of employment that says, on termination, we're only going to give you those minimums. At that point, we have to know what the act says. For those that have not signed a contract like that, and most have not, that act is completely and utterly irrelevant. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does, because it was confusing when I was listening to you and then looking it up. Uh, I, I, it just didn't make sense to me. So, okay, that, it does now. And So you're talking about the standards outside of the act, but the standards, the case law that you refer to, wouldn't that be based on the, the legislation? No, no, the legislation is completely irrelevant, doesn't even factor into that. Uh, it, the legislation outlines a person's minimum entitlements. Th- those are set in stone. It's irrelevant to, to a person's full entitlements. We only look at three factors for the full entitlements, length of employment, age, position, the law. The longer you work, the older you are, the more senior position you have, the greater the entitlements. Jim, good call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll take a Mary here before the break. Hi, Mary and Barry. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Go ahead. you got a question for Lior. I do. Um, I was working for a federal agency, and I came to them with um, a medical... I was dealing with addiction, and because of the conduct outside of work, they terminated me. Okay. Uh, now, Mary, were you part of a union? Yes. Okay. So first of all, the, the only one, I mean, it does seem like uh, what, what Jerv described is completely an illegal termination, certainly in a unionized environment, but also in a non-union environment. The, the reality, though, is, Mary, the only one that's allowed to, to work with you and help you uh, in this situation and potentially actually not, not only get you compensated, but potentially get you reinstated uh, is the union. So you have to work with your union. What you, you've described very briefly there is an illegal termination. They cannot do that if that's exactly what happened. And you have to work with your union and push them to help you and represent you. Well, I mean, that's for oh. you to decide if it's worth it or not. I would suggest and respectfully that it is completely worth it. Uh, and you have to you, you have to do that. But unfortunately, whether or not the union wants to help you or not, you're kind of stuck in the sense that you have to work with the union. You have to. There's no one else. I can't or anyone. Another lawyer can't say, well, forget about the union. 
I'm going to represent you and I'm going to get you your job back. That's not possible if you're part of a union. We'll uh, take a short break. Dave, hang on the line. We'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming up right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. We are doing two solid hours now, so we continue on after 1 o'clock in our normal time slot, historically, right up until 2, taking your phone calls at that number. Got to talk to Dave in Toronto. Appreciate your patience hanging on. Dave, you got a question for Leor? You can go ahead. Sure. Uh, after 15 years with an international company, I recognize that severance uh, laws are di- different between stateside and Canada. After 15 years, my employee handbook does not state specifically that they're obligated to any kind of severance. I'm wondering if that's something I negotiate or by Ontario law, if there is a severance package that they are obligated to fulfill cool. uh, if I take a voluntary entire, uh, retirement after 15 years. Okay. Uh, first of all, do you work uh, here in Ontario, Dave? Yeah, in Toronto. In yeah. Toronto. Okay. So, okay. So first of all, uh, voluntary retirement is, is a different concept. If you decide, if it's your decision to leave, the employer does not have the legal obligation to pay you any compensation unless there's an agreement in place saying, hey, Dave, if you, wanna, if you agree to leave now, we'll pay you X. Uh, generally, when we're talking about severance, when we're talking about this type of compensation, it's only in situations when the employer is making the unilateral decision to let you go. It's not your decision. You can't do anything about it. The employer is making a decision, and they have to compensate you. So, so if they came to you tomorrow and they wanted to let you go, they would have to pay you significant severance. You don't need to negotiate uh, anything in writing on that. That's their legal obligation. The law governs that. But if you want to leave yourself, there's, they don't have to go to you and offer you any compensation. In that situation, you may want to go to them and say, hey, guys, rather than me staying here for another couple of years, I'll leave tomorrow, but I want you guys to pay me something. And at that point, you can see if you can work out some sort of a deal, but they don't have to agree. Seems crystal clear to me. My best bet is to work as long as I'm physically able. Exactly. And at some point, if they pull the trigger, you're you're going to be looking at significant compensation, well over a year's pay, potentially as much as two years' pay. So uh, that may be the best option. Based on the fact that he's 63, right? Yeah. And at some point, they're going to pull the trigger. They will. Yeah, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sales, the number to call. A lot of questions coming through. We love this. Teresa in Toronto, go ahead if you have a question for Lior. Hi, um, I was on a fixed-term contract yep. for four months, and they let me go at three months without any notice. But there is a clause in the contract that states they can't terminate me at any time due to volumes of work. Am I entitled to any compensation for the remaining balance of the contract? Great so, question. Excellent question, Teresa. The, the rule with the fixed-term contract is that the, if the employer wants to terminate your employment before the end of the contract, they have to pay you until the end. So they have to pay you the balance, whether the balance is another month or another 12 months. Now, the exception to that is if the contract explicitly says that if they want to terminate early, a different formula is going to apply. So if all your contract says is we can let you go early by uh, because of uh, work volume situations, that doesn't change the fact that they have to pay you the balance of the contract. If it said, for example, we can terminate you early by paying you uh, a week's pay, for example, then a week's pay is what they would owe you. But in your situation, if it says exactly as you've described it, Teresa, they have to pay you another month's pay. And my suggestion to you, if that is the case, Give me a call off air. I can certainly easily, easily help you get that extra month's pay. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Teresa, that number is 416-216-5900 and all those emailing as well. Lior, L-I-O-R 
at employmenthour.com. We were talking about uh, everything to do under the severance banner. Now, um, you know, you've been given the package. You get called into the office. There's the, there's the box. There's the pink slip. There's the HR department. What do you do other than, you know, panic in a termination meeting? Right? Yeah, well, the last thing you want to do is panic. And you know you, this is a termination meeting. When you're called to a meeting that was, wasn't previously scheduled, uh, it's not in the middle of the day. It's either first thing in the morning or last thing in the afternoon. And when you walk in, you see the HR person or the employee relations person. Uh, that is always kind of the, the kiss of death. So uh, what you do is listen. Your, your main, uh, main objective is to listen to what they say in terms of reason. If they give you a reason uh, in terms of uh, what they say about the package, they're going to present you with some papers. Uh, there's going to be a, an, an instinct you want to try to understand exactly what's in that papers. You're not going to be in the right mind frame to understand them. So you take those papers home, no matter what. You read them. You read them carefully. You read them again. And then you call and you get some advice to understand exactly what's provided for you and, and whether those papers outline an appropriate severance package or not. Under no circumstances should someone sign the severance letter on the spot. In the vast majority of cases, the employer is not even going to ask you to do that. In 99.9% of the cases, the employer is not even going to suggest that. But even if you're the 0.1% where the employer is saying, sign this now, trust me, it's a good deal, you will not do that. That's completely inappropriate. You need to take the offer home. You need to understand it. And if there's any question, if you don't know, if you don't have employment law expertise on your own, you have to call and get some legal advice. 416-870-6400, star 640. Again, you want to call in this afternoon. We've got two hours up until two o'clock. We've kind of gone through this quickly, but just again, before we break, what is fair severance and how do you calculate it? Yeah, John, and and what is fair severance? That's always the question. And, you know, we had the Jim calling before uh, saying, well, you know, the Employment Standards Act says this or that. So I I want you to forget the words of the Employment Standards Act. When we're talking about the amount of compensation that someone should be getting, the Employment Standards Act is not relevant unless you sign the contract that limits you to what's in the Employment Standards Act. So let's forget about that. How do we assess a person's entitlements? As I've already uh, addressed before, we look at three factors, the length of a person's employment, their age, and the type of job. So we look at those factors, and people, the longer they work and the older they are and the more senior a position, the more severance they're owed, which is why not two, two cases are not going to be identical. So you can't necessarily compare the amount of severance that you got to that of your friend because you, unless you're exactly the same age, had the same position, and worked for the same period of time. So, uh, so how is it that it's calculated? It's on those factors. Because of that, I can't give you a rule. I can't say for every year you should get this amount. What I will say is that short service employees, employees with five years seniority or less, are treated disproportionately better than longer service employees in terms of severance. So you may have an employee that's only worked for a year, and that employee could easily be entitled to a few months of compensation, wow. a few months of severance, even though they worked for a year. But obviously, if they worked for 10 years, it doesn't mean they get 40 months of, mm-hmm. of severance. In fact, in some situations, John, we may have an employee that's worked for a few months only. Depending on their age and their, their position, they could be entitled to a few months severance. In fact, in quite a few cases, the amount of severance exceeds the length of employment no for short service employees wow. if you're older and, uh, and, and have a senior position. Is there some sort of tool people can use for this? Uh, there is now, John. Uh, we created the, uh, the severance pay calculator, uh, which is available at severancepaycalculator.com. So severancepaycalculator.com, and you can also download the app on iPhone, iPad, or Android. And that outlines for you how much severance uh, you're owed. 
How does it do that? Well, you input three things, how long you've worked, how old you are, and the type of job. There's a drop-down menu. And on that basis, it's going to tell, me, tell you how many months or weeks pay you're owed. And you can compare that with what you've been offered. It's a great tool. We've created it uh, last year. And it's the only way, other than calling me, which obviously I want you to do, But other than that, it's the only way you can find out on your own how much severance you're owed, severancepaycalculator.com. During the break, why not, if you're listening, go give it a try and know there's no bug in the system. You may be shocked as opposed to what you think you should get based on the ministry, but give it a try. Give it a try right now as we take a break. And if you think something's awry, uh, give us a call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lior will explain it again. We'll take a short break here as we complete hour one of this two-hour show, the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Just about to uh, wrap up Hour one of this now two-hour show, The Employment Hour. Lior's number, by the way, outside of show hours anytime, 416-216-5900. His email is Lior at employmenthour.com. And uh, we'll get to another phone call. Love them coming through. Got Aaron in Orangeville. Uh, you're an employer, Aaron. You have a question for Lior? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good. Hey, i got a question. I've got an employee that's going to jail. Um, wow. Do I have to? I, I want to get rid of this guy anyway. Yep. Um, can I dismiss this guy, and will I have to pay him severance? Excellent question. Now, Aaron, how long uh, is he expected to be gone? Uh, I'm going to say probably three, four months, maybe. Yeah. So certainly with an absence like that, it's an absence that as an employee, you're not obligated to tolerate. So uh, you are allowed to, to let him go. Uh, certainly, is he, first of all, is he part of a union? No. No, okay, no, good. He's, he's, so, I think he's probably 10 years with me. Okay. No. So the, the, the answer is you are able to let him go. You do not have to pay him any severance because of the absence. If the absence was very short and we're talking about a few days, he's going to spend the week away and then come back the following week, I'd probably give you a different answer. But if he's going right. to be gone a few months, no, you don't have to tolerate that absence. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to pay him anything. I would issue a letter to him outlining that, that uh, he doesn't have a job. And if he wants to reapply, he can. And you look at it then. You have to issue okay. a record of employment for him, but no, you're not going to have to pay him severance. Remember, though, you're going to have to pay him any accrued and outstanding wages up until the last day, as well as the any accrued pay and whatever. Exactly, right? vacation pay, etc. Anything that he's earned up to the last day, but not anything beyond that. Awesome. That's great news, guys. Thank Appreciate it, Aaron. Thank you. We've never had a guy going to jail question. That's the first That's one right. in a year and a half. I've had those quite a few times in my career, yeah. With that matter, now, we don't know We don't know circumstances of Aaron's employee going to jail, but if it was, say it was, say maybe it was theft at his, uh, at his, at his uh, employment. Maybe that's the reason. I'm not saying it is, but would that change things? Yeah, well, that, at that point, that would be cause. Right, so, uh, I, I, so that they can let him go even if he doesn't go to jail, if he, if, he stole, if he stole that's cause. In this situation, assuming it's not related to the workplace, it was something else, maybe he just got uh, one too many parking tickets, and uh, he's going uh, to jail because of that. Ultimately, it's the absence from work really? that's the problem. No, yeah. you don't have to pay him. 416 870 star 640 on cell. Susan in Aurelia. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good. Go ahead if you've got a question for Leora. Um, yes, I was let go uh, just over a year ago. Um, no reasoning why. Um, and a two-week pay. And how long had you worked, Susan? Five years. Five years, and not part of a union? Uh, no. Okay. And uh, what, what was your job? What, what did you do there? I was shipping and receiving, and then the last year and a half, I was uh, head of the receiving. Oh, I see. And one more question, Susan. Uh, how old are you? 48. 48. Okay. Sorry, I, I lied. One more question, actually. How, uh, did you find a job after you were let go? And if so, how, how many weeks or months after? Um, 
No, I didn't right away. Um, it was November, I guess, from then I found uh, just part-time. I see. Okay, so Susan, first of all, uh, unless the employer had caused to terminate you, which means you did something awful, you stole, you you harassed someone, uh, unless something like that happened, which obviously doesn't sound like at all the case, uh, two weeks pay is not even close. In fact, that's a violation of the Employment Standards Act. For you, the answer is you'd easily have been entitled to between six to eight months of compensation. Six to eight months. Okay, if as the the head of the shipping uh, receiving department uh, at your age after five years of employment, uh, right, yeah, six months is probably extremely conservative. Right around eight months is what you'd be owed. So okay. that's a wrongful dismissal, Susan. The good okay. news is because it's only been about a year, that's perfectly fine. We can still deal with that. There's a two-year limitation period. So okay. what I want you to do is give me a call at the office. You and I could okay. have a talk about that, and I can easily help you recover the amount that you're owed. Okay. Susan, that number, write this down, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. You want to email Lior as well, you can, L-I-O-R, Lior, at employmenthour.com. Appreciate the call. That's why we do this show. That's exactly, exactly why, John. Why. The light just went on for Susan. We'll take a short break and into Hour 2 of the Employment Hour right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Well, if you're... Uh Sleeping away or trapped under something heavy for the past hour, you wouldn't have realized that we are actually into our now second hour, which used to be our one and only hour here at the Employment Hour. We now go at 12 o'clock until 2, so if you're wondering where's the, where's the week that was, the, the harmless ribbing, yeah, you, the jocularity, you, the jokes. You're late for that. Yeah, it was done an hour done ago. Done an hour ago. Sorry, guys. So we're, uh, well, we're, uh, we're knee-deep in this, so we're going to keep going with what we were going on before. The number to call, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Again, if you're just picking up the show at this normal time, we're on for two hours now, starting at 12 o'clock, so you'll know that for next weekend. Uh, back in this, we're talking about, for the people that just joined the show last hour, are familiar with what you do. We're talking about the basics of severance, and we've been going through a bit of a, a grocery list of things that would uh, pertain to people who are just, they're kind of in the dark about all things when it comes to severance, possibly having a package in front of them. So I'll continue with where we were, and that is uh, ways in which an employer can provide severance, notice versus payment, right? Yes, so when an employer decides to terminate employment, they have a few options for them. Uh, The first option is they actually can give what we call working notice instead of payment. So for example, they still have to look at the person's age, length of employment and position. And on that basis, there's going to be a certain amount of notice that a person's entitled to. So let's assume just for argument's sake that the analysis gives us six months. Mm -hmm. So the employer can say, employee, I am giving you six months notice of the termination of your employment. Uh, So in six months, you're gone. You don't have a job anymore. As long as that's done in writing, then the employer would have met its legal obligations to the employee. Uh, As long as six months is the right amount, then the employer is not going to owe the employee anything else. So that's option one. Now, most employers don't like doing that. Most employers don't like to keep people on after they've already been advised that they're going to lose their job. So that is fairly rare to see working notice. Uh, What is more common, of course, is to see severance. So what severance is, severance is a situation where the employer says, well, I understand it's six months, but I don't want you working here for six months. I want you gone today. So what what am I going to do? I'm going to pay you for six months. Uh, You're going to not be in the workplace, not coming into work, but you're going to get paid. And the idea here is if you're not going to get notice, if you're going to get paid instead, you still have to get everything you would have received had you stayed on for that period of time. So your severance has to include all components of your compensation, salary, bonus, benefits, car allowance, stock options, et cetera, et cetera. Even car allowance, all all that stuff. Yeah. So if you get a $500 a month car allowance, 
All of that has to be included. If you get uh, you know, your superintendent and you get an apartment as part of your compensation, Good one. that has to be included. In fact, I'm dealing with a case like that right now. What if it's, uh, st- let me just ask yeah. you this then. What if, you're, uh, if that, that six months leading up to would be somewhere in there's a normal time you were where you would get a Christmas bonus? Yes, really? exactly. All components. Hey, oh. The idea is very simple. Put me in the same financial position that I would have been in gotcha. had I worked for the relevant period of time. Now, that severance could be paid in one of two ways. It could be paid as a lump sum payment, or it can be paid gradually over time, what we call salary continuation. Usually, the employer has a choice as long as they pay that compensation. Now, to complicate things, I guess, slightly, I talked about giving notice and the fact that the employer can give notice uh, no matter what. For larger employers, okay, uh, and some larger employers are going to have to pay a portion of severance irrespective of how much notice they give. So if I'm a larger employer, uh, I may actually have to pay a portion of that as, as a compensation, and I can't give it all as notice. So really what I'm saying is if you've been let go and you've received notice of termination, speak to me because you still may in some situation be owed some compensation. 416-870-6400, star 640 on seller smartphone to call the show this hour or Lior's number, like you said, off air, 416 216 We talked to uh, someone last hour who had had an employment contract. So if my employment contract has six months left, at the end of six months, that's it. They don't owe me severance. That was the contract said. You're either done your gig, you move on, or they they rehire you, correct? Exactly, yeah, because the idea with the fixed-term contract is the day you start working, you've had notice of termination. You You know when you're ending. In six months, you're ending, or 12 months, or 18 months, whatever it is. So with the fixed-term contract, uh, the employer does not pay severance at the end. But the key here, as we've talked with the caller at the, uh, at the last hour, is generally the rule is with the fixed-term contract, if the employer terminates before the contract is over, before the contract comes to an end, the employer still has to pay out the balance of the contract. And I had a case a few years back where the employee was on a three-year contract, John, and about three months into that contract, the employer ended it. They paid the employee a week's pay. And that employee said, well, wait a second, employee, I actually think you owe me some, uh, some vacation pay. And the employer wouldn't, wouldn't pay them the vacation pay. So he called me and I said, forget about vacation pay. That's 150 bucks. They owe you another two years and a half of, of compensation. And uh, as soon as we approached the employer about that, they said, oh, crap, come back to work. Yeah, come back to work. So they took him back to work, which which he was very happy about because the employer said, if we're going to have to pay them, pay this person two and a half years pay, may as well get something out of it. So remember, the rule with the fixed term contract is the employer has to pay the balance of the contract if they terminate early. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale to call the show up until 2 o'clock. Again, two-hour show now from 12 until 2. This is uh, what would have been our normal regular hour. So for our regular listeners, you can still uh, give us a call here. So you've, 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 you've gone to severancepaycalculator.com. You looked, oh, look, that's what I'm owed. Now, it's different than what you have in your package that you were handed on Friday, Negotia, negotiating the severance. I don't, I don't imagine this is something you want to do on your own, right? And yeah. how do you do it? Yeah, and the problem with negotiating on your own is, is this. Uh, first of all, you know, you know, there's a strategy that goes into negotiation. What do you ask for? How do you ask right. for it? Uh, unless you're, you're trained in negotiating these things, it's going to be a problem. The other difficulty with negotiating your own severance is the employer itself may not know that they owe you more. They may be under the same misconception that most people are and think, well, you're asking for more, but we don't owe you anymore. But what happens if if they get a letter from me, they're going to 
consult, the employer is going to consult with his or her own lawyer, and that lawyer is going to tell the employer what I told you. Yes, you, you are obligated to pay the employee more money. So uh, in my experience, uh, it's not a good idea to negotiate on your own. The other problem with that is oftentimes when people negotiate on their own, they don't ask for enough, and then they put a ceiling on their entitlements, they, they, which makes it much more difficult for me then to come in and say, we should be paying this person nine months' pay, but the person already said they'll accept six months' pay. So uh, not a good idea. I don't recommend that. Cut off their own nose. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll get into wrongful dismissal. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. You'll want to give us a call here on the Employment Hour. And- and to employmenthour.com, Lior at employmenthour.com to reach him. We'll take a short break on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Wonderful advice, voice guy. Give us a call. You have questions about severance. Possibly you've been uh, been let go recently or uh, wrongful dismissal, all that stuff. We'll cover it all. In fact, we'll go to uh, John and Barry. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. How about you guys? Good, man. You got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Hi, Lior. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm um, okay. Beautiful day in Barry. Good. Okay, well, uh, I I just wanted to explain my scenario and see what you think. I recently was let go from a company that I worked for for approximately eight months. Yep. And uh, this came about after I had a dispute with one of the other staff members. Now... It was nothing that kind of went against uh, labor laws or nothing. Uh, no violence was involved and no threats were said or nothing like that. It just worked out that uh, I didn't like the way they were talking to me, and I kind of uh, said back to them, okay, uh, don't talk to me this way, whatever, and then eventually I walked away. Well, a couple of days later, I get a phone call from the regional manager saying, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, I upset the whole staff member, which was all lies. You know, none of that really happened. But within a couple of days, I was terminated. Okay. Yeah, and and they gave me nothing but my final check. I didn't get really no severance of any kind. Now, John, were you part of a union? No, I'm not, no. Okay, and what was the job? What were you doing there? Uh, it was like uh, the insurance construction business. I got you. Okay, so first of all, John, uh, if this is a kind of an isolated incident, uh, and and if it's as you've described it, where there was no, you know, certainly no violence or threats of violence, it's certainly a situation where at 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 worst you were entitled to another chance. This is not would not be a termination for cause. It doesn't rise to the level to a ter- of a termination for cause, which means they still had a right to let you go. But they would have had to pay you severance, no question about it. So because of that, the question now becomes, how much severance? Uh, And how old are you, John? Uh, I'm 42. Okay. So in your position at the age of 42 after eight months, you're looking at two months' pay, all right? Right. So two months' pay is what they owe you, and two months' pay is a lot of money. So what I propose that you do, John, this should be fairly easy to resolve, is give me a call at the office you and I will have a chat, and I'll tell you how we can go about helping you, if you want us to, to get that two months compensation. Yeah, because, I mean, ultimately, I personally didn't think, like, I mean, even even my own manager of the company 
didn't even bother to look into it, and he kind of just said his hands were tied, and you know what I mean? Yeah, no, they, they certainly pulled the trigger way way before they should, John, so that, that would make this a wrongful dismissal. You need to give me a call. John, that number, 416-216-5900, that is to reach Lior directly, and uh, to get on the air like John just did, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. How about, uh, how about that wrongful dismissal? Let's go down that road. What is it? How does it get resolved? So generally, uh, people think when they hear the term wrongful dismissal that it usually has to do something with the reason for termination. You know, the, the employer was wrong to let me go. They made the wrong call. Well, that's unfortunately in most cases not what a wrongful dismissal is. A wrongful dismissal is simply a situation where the employer lets the employee go with inadequate compensation, inadequate severance. So it could be one of two things. Either the employer lets the employee for cause when there's no cause. So just like John, the employer lets him go without any severance because they say there's cause, but that's wrong. They don't meet the level of cause. That's a wrongful dismissal. The employer should have paid compensation. Uh, that's one. The, uh, the second, probably more common type of wrongful dismissal is when the employee is let go without cause, but still do not receive proper compensation. So just like a few of the callers we had in the previous hour, when they're let go, they're not paid proper severance. When you're not paid proper severance, that is a wrongful dismissal, which means you have recourse against the employer for not paying you what the employer owes you. So in most cases, the, the term wrongful dismissal has, uh, has to do with compensation, does not really have to do so much with the reasons for letting the employee go. How about legal remedies available if wrongfully dismissed? Yeah, generally speaking, the, the remedy that's available, the most common remedy, is uh, compensation. In most cases, reinstatement is not a real option. For some employees that are, are governed federally, employees in a bank or in the railways uh, or in telecommunications, radio, uh, there may be a limited opportunity for reinstatement. That's extremely rare, extremely extreme, maybe one in a thousand cases. In most cases, the, the remedy is to get that compensation that you're owed. So if you've been wrongfully dismissed because the employer should have paid you uh, 10 months compensation and the employer only paid you seven months compensation, the remedy is that balance plus potentially compensation for the costs that you've incurred in order to get that money that's owed to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Uh, we talked about this in hour one of the show. That's dealing with deadlines by the employer. What do you do with it? Yeah, and, and, and you know, every severance letter that I've ever seen, almost everyone has a deadline there, and people get very upset, they panic, they get nervous, I have to accept this or else. Uh, so, you know, as I said in the previous hour, don't worry about these deadlines. They don't mean anything. Your legal rights don't expire that quickly. They expire only in two years. There's a two-year limitation period, and that deadline is there because... Frankly, the employer wants to exert some pressure on you to feel, the employer wants you to feel that if you don't accept it, you're going to lose something. Uh, But that's not the case. You're not going to lose anything. I'm a big believer in courtesy. So if you're not going to accept an offer uh, on time, just tell the employer, hey, I'm going to need some more time to look at this. But that's all you need to do. Get some advice. Don't worry about these deadlines. We'll take a short break. In the meantime, give us a call. We'll put you on hold and take you on the air. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Hour 2 of the Employment Hour is underway right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and at AM 900 CHML. Yeah, and outside of show hours, you can get a hold of Lior anytime. 416-216-5900 and his email, Lior at employmenthour.com. We always go to our phone callers first because they are top priority. Kelly and Mississauga, how are you? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Okay, uh, what's your situation? My situation is this. I was let go on Wednesday um, of this past week, and after 28 years of service with the same company, and uh, I have been offered uh, one year, approximately one year uh, of pay, 
uh, and that is inclusive of my statutory entitlement, and also one year paid dental and medical. Right. And um, just wondering, and there was no mention of any um, career uh, counseling or retraining or um, whatnot. Kelly, did you sign? No, I have not signed. I Good have girl. Until, I have not signed until uh, I have till Thursday at one p.m. See, there it is. Right. So, and Kelly, I, let, that's let me. What I was nervous about, yep. and then I had heard your previous um, uh, explanation about that. That that does not mean anything. no. It You're does right. not mean anything. So, Kelly, let me ask you a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, what kind of position did you have? What did you do? It was in an administrative uh, position, clerical, basically a paper pusher. Yeah. Okay. Um, and. Um, uh, now, I have had good reviews and appraisals uh, the entire time, except for my last appraisal back in March. Uh, was I still fell in the good category, but I was at the low end of good, and I didn't realize at the time that I did not have to sign that. When I understand. I did. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, and I had a wonderful relationship with everyone at the company. Okay. And, um, and yeah. Kelly, how uh, old are you currently? I am going to be 51 in uh, three weeks. Got it. So, Kelly, let me give you my thoughts. First of all, uh, as you may have heard us say a bit earlier, the company is allowed to let you go, unfortunately, irrespective of the fact that obviously you you did well and you're a good employee for a long time. They just have to pay you proper compensation, proper severance. And Mm -hmm. to assess the amount of severance, we look at three things, the length of your employment, your age, and your position. So the big, huge factor in your case is 28 years of service. So someone in your situation is easily going to be looking at 20 to 24 months of compensation, okay? okay. So that, that's the 12 months compensation that you've been offered is not adequate. In fact, it's not even close. Uh, and and uh, that I can tell you with, without any hesitation. Now, uh, we, we haven't touched on the components of your compensation, but I'll say that it does have to include all components. So salary, benefits, if there's a bonus, it would have to include that, et cetera. You mentioned outplacement counseling. That's not something that an employer is legally obligated to pay. A lot of good employers do provide that, and usually that's something we can negotiate as, as part of a package, but there's no strict legal obligation to provide that. The big problem with your situation, of course, as I just said, is that the, the 12 months that they've offered you is not close. That's the bad news. The good news is we can resolve this quite easily. And what I I really encourage you, strongly encourage you, Kelly, to do is give me a call at the office. John's going to give you the number in a second. And let's talk about it privately, and I can easily help you improve it. Absolutely. Well, that's great because I have already made contact with your office. An assistant had called oh, me good. on Friday, but I had, it was when I returned the call. I think it was too late in the day, but, um, and well, I good. sent an email, so I will be in touch. So good. Look forward to speaking to you. We'll be able to get this resolved. Thank you so much, Lior. I bet you're glad you made this phone call, eh, Kelly? I am. Thank you so much. <laughs> that uh, that there is called a 12-month phone call we called in your business, right? Yes. No, that, that, that's a big, big difference. Big difference and and not, not unusual, but a big, big difference. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We'll bounce over to uh, Mikey in Toronto. Hi, Mike. How are you? Hello. Hi, Mike. Hi. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Good. What's up? Uh, I just have a little situation. I just want to ask a question about because um, I want to know what my what what could happen or what could not happen. Um, at my workplace, I've been working there for about uh, six years now. I started from when I was in school, and I wasn't full time there. I was full. T- no, I wasn't in the union until about a year ago. And when I, after I went to the union, they started writing me up for every little thing, like, say, being late and stuff like that. And then I had a little problem where um, I had taken something, and, you know, I was really comfortable at my workplace. And 
you know, and they, they, they said, they asked me if I took it. I'm like, yes, but I returned it, but they said I, was, I stole it. So they were about to terminate me, but I tell them, can you give me another chance? But they still wrote me up, and they said, okay, we'll give you another chance, and they wrote it down. If you do this again, we will we'll fire you. I understand that with um, cause or something like that. Okay. Um, I just want to know, can they just fire me even right now for any little thing? Like... Okay, so first of all, uh, if you did nothing wrong, then the union should grieve what they what they did. I mean, I'm not sure I understand exactly if you did something wrong or not. But if you did, if you did, then obviously it was appropriate to give you a warning like that. If you did not, the union should grieve that. Uh, depending on what you sign, it's possible that what you sign is what we call a last chance agreement that says that effectively, if you do anything at all over the next, however, 12 months or whatever it is, then they can let you go for cause. So if that's what you sign, then any any kind of thing you do that it's inappropriate could result in termination. The best advice that I can give you is speak to your union. They're the only ones that are allowed to help you. Uh, you, they have to be up to date, they have to be aware of everything, and you have to push them sometimes to represent you and to help you and make sure that your interests are protected. Now, Mike's situation in the private sector, non-union, that would be, uh, chances are you would have got the punt. Anyway, I, right? I would expect so. Yeah. It, it is more difficult to terminate in a unionized environment, yeah. so in a non-union, probably he'd be out. Yeah. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Lots more to go here. Hour two of the Employment Hour on Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Outside of show hours, like some of the callers that uh, need some help beyond this two-hour segment, 416-216-5900. And uh, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We love taking our phone calls. And uh, that last one was, uh, what's an absolute beauty? And that's why we do this show, right? I mean, that's a difference of literally double the amount of severance. Right? Yeah, it, it's a huge, huge difference. And this is exactly the calls that I get every single day, several times a day in my practice, someone with completely inadequate uh, packaging. Uh, during the break, I was telling you, in fact, someone that sent me an email, uh, actually do, right now live on the show, and uh, based on the information that she provided, her severance offer was about $160,000 short of what it needs to be. So, uh, yeah, you know, th- these things are, are huge, and people don't realize that they're not getting their appropriate severance. That's why we're here to inform. 160, that's like 10 years in a radio job, eh, Lena? That's, uh, that's <laughs> lacking big time. Got, uh, got Frank and Barry. Hi, Frank. Thanks for calling in. But, uh, you got a question for Lior? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I'm calling about, okay, what happened about uh, four months ago? They were trying to start up a health and safety committee, and they were delaying, delaying, delaying. Um, I asked for the women's book. The women's book was not there. Okay, et cetera, said and done. I put a formal complaint into the, uh, the health and safety committee to the government. I, I sent an actual form in, and now they're investigating. But now my employer, right, is, uh, seems to be giving me a hard time. Um, like, they're now, like, not paying me for my, like, bereavement if I had, like, somebody passed away or my delay time, right? Uh, I just like to know my legal rights. Is this what you call harassment or it, it's, not well liked there? <laughs> it it's, it's could be harassment. It could also be something else, uh, what we call a reprisal. In other words, you filed a complaint with the government. Uh, as a result, you're now being mistreated. You're being punished, so to speak. And, and, and in both cases, whether it's harassment or reprisal, it's illegal. Mm-hmm. The thing is this. It's very difficult as a practical matter, to do anything about either of those things while you're still employed there. Usually the remedy would involve you leaving and then doing something about it. Now, in order to even consider that, you need to be able to prove what the employer is doing. And it can't be your word against someone else's because it's difficult to prove that. So what I want you to start doing is to to start 
putting things in writing back to the employer. So let's say the employer does something or says something that's wrong. It's not, they're not supposed to do. They don't pay you for something. Uh, put, send an email saying, you know, I, I confirm our, our, what happened today where you told me I'm no longer going to get paid uh, for my attendance at, at this meeting or whatever it is. Uh, and, and confirm that in writing, create that written record so that if you want to take legal action, we can prove what actually happened. And if you've had enough at some point, you may actually be able to leave and, and get the company to pay you compensation. But you need to have that written record. What you've described is illegal, but you still have to be able to prove it. And that goes for the employers as well. Always make you know written records of everything you're doing, right? Yes. Just and, generally speaking. And, and employers, by the way, if you're faced with someone that, that, that's filed a complaint to the government, it is illegal to, to to mistreat them because of that. I understand why you wouldn't be happy about it, but uh, you're making a bad situation much worse if you start uh, harassing them, if you start uh, changing the terms of employment. Just a bad idea. 416-870-6400 is the number here. Star 640 on cell or smartphone. Uh, you know, maybe you've got a half-decent compensation package like Kelly there. Looks like she's going to be doing okay for a while. Does an employee that has been let go have to look for other work? Yes, and that that is key. Uh, and the the one thing I want people to keep in mind is that the reason the employer has to pay severance when the employer lets the employee go, it's not to punish the employer for letting the employee go. It's to help the employee while they don't have other income, while they're not earning money. So what flows from that is if the employee is able to replace the job and start earning income, that may in fact reduce the amount of severance that they're owed. So an employee does have the obligation to look for other work to try to minimize their losses that resulted from the, from the loss of the job. Uh, so it's not a situation where, wait a second, the employer is going to pay me severance, so that means that I could just sit at home and, or, and go on vacation for a year uh, and, and then get my severance. So you have to try to find another job. But again, ultimately, the severance is like an insurance policy. It's there for you if you're not able to find another job, if you don't have other income. Uh, and it's very important because if you accept uh, an offer that's not adequate, but you're not able to find another job quickly, well, what happens then? How do you pay your bills? How do you pay your mortgage? How do you pay for your kids' education? Uh, very b- big problem. I've had clients that have had to sell their houses. Uh, so it's a problem. Uh, that's why we want to be able to resolve these issues quickly to make sure you have that insurance policy, to make sure you have that compensation, and to give you that time to find a new job. And for that gap and that time needed, is that the reason why you said, you know, disproportionately someone who's only been working for three months might get six months severance? Because yeah. it's not that easy to find a gig, right? Exactly. It doesn't mean just because you worked somewhere for a short period of time that it's going to take you less time to find another job. In fact, in some situations, it may take you longer because you're going to have to explain to a prospective employer right. why you only worked there for three months. I'm not a bad guy. The fact that I was there for three months, it was not my fault. But for some employers, that may uh, not ring true. So you may actually have a longer time finding a job. That's why severance for short service employees is often greater than that for longer service employees. So if you've been given a package or they've, you know, they've come to you, they've worked out what their package should be, maybe it ends up being you know, a lot more than they thought, 12 months, 24 months. They say, okay, good, those terms are good. I got my 24 months. Does that former employee, will they follow up on you to make sure you are looking for work? Can they do that? Because a lot of people I know just sit back for close to two years and just you know, wallow, right? G- great question. So it depends on the type of an agreement that we reach with the employer. There's right. two types of agreements we can reach. Agreement one is a lump sum payment. So here's a check for 12 months pay and off you go. If that's the agreement that you've reached, then that's all you need to do. You don't, whatever you do beyond that point is up to you. 
On the other hand, some agreements mean uh, or stipulate that we're going to pay you for 12 months, but if you find another job okay. while we're still uh, paying you, we'll cut you off and give you half of what's outstanding. Right. In that situation, the employer may well follow up or want to know if you found another job. I can tell you that in most cases, we resolve these matters on the basis of a lump sum payment, which means once there's a deal in place, once you sign off on the paperwork, whatever you do or don't do is up to you. You've got your, uh, you got yeah, your seven. The, the money's paid. Yep. Take a quick call before the break. Uh, Bob up uh, Prince Edward County. Hi, Bob. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. You got a question for Lior? Go ahead. Yes. Uh, we, uh, my wife and I are uh, managers in an apartment building. Yep. Uh, we do a lot of refurbishing and cleaning in the building, uh, yes, we're more superintendents than <laughs> managers. Sure. Um, we did our assistant. Our assistants left about almost five months ago. Uh, we've been on there on our own pretty well for the whole time. There's a couple that come over from a nearby building, uh, but they can't be there every day. They also work in that other building. Yes. And I just wonder, is there any compensation that we are allowed to have? For, for doing this extra work, right? Yes, it's, it's a lot of extra work. Yeah. So, so I'll, two things. Number one, in terms of actual compensation, uh, there's no legal mechanism to, to make them pay you for that. On the other hand, the mechanism that's available is this. You, you're hired to do a certain job. Now, effectively, you're doing another job. You're doing a job that shouldn't be yours. Someone else should be doing this job. So the terms of your employment have changed. A change like that, if it's significant, may in fact allow you to leave, to resign, and still get compensation and, and, and severance. So this could be what we call a constructive dismissal in that the change, uh, changes in the job are so significant that you can leave. So if you stay there, there's no real way to say to, to make them pay you more. I mean, you can ask and try to negotiate, but there's no way to make them. But if things get to the point where, you know what, this is just not workable, this is not fair, we work day and night, we're not getting paid enough, you can actually leave potentially and get severance. And depending how long you've worked there, that could be quite significant. I see. Okay. Is there a time limit on how much time, Bob? Because how long have you been doing this extra work for, Bob? Uh, we, my, since eight, 28th of April. So yeah. you, you're, you're at a point now where you have to make a decision yeah. because it's okay to try it for a few months because you're not going to know how it's going to affect you and you may be waiting for them to bring in new people. But at some point, if you don't take any action, you're deemed to have accepted these changes. So I'm going to say you probably have, I would tell you probably till the end of the month, no longer than that, to decide whether you're going to accept it and continue working and then it is what it is. Or you're going to say, no, unless things change, I'm out of here. And then uh, we're talking about getting you the severance that you're owed. All right. Thank you very much. Bob, I'm going to give you a number just in case you get to that point at the end of the month where you need some more advice. Lior is 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break. Lots more of the Employment Hour. Hour 2 coming up in Talk Radio, AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Uh, again, another reminder as we get into the last couple segments of Hour 2, this show has now been expanded by, uh, well, 100%. We're going from 12 till 2 on Sunday. So if you didn't catch the first hour, you can do that next weekend. And this is uh, the way it is, 416-870-6400, yeah, star 640 on sale. 
uh, to give us a call. We're talking about all things uh, under the severance banner for the people who just joined the show and not familiar with it. We're going through a basic grocery list of things you should know and uh, should be advised of if it ever comes down the pike that you've got a severance letter in front of you. Um, is it easy as uh, just getting a, making a phone call to get you involved as a lawyer to handle your package, so yeah, to speak? It, it's, it's quite <laughs> know. easy. You know, I, <laughs> Halo. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is quite easy. I mean, I give up my number, and we've given it out a number on the show uh, many, many times. So just give me a call or send me an email if, if you want. Uh, it, it's extremely easy. What you, you can expect if you do that is either myself or one of my colleagues uh, will call you back or, or email you back. Uh, we'll find out a bit, a bit about your situation, how long you've worked, what actually happened, uh, and then review any documents with you and ultimately tell you, here's what you're owed. Here's what can be done in your case if you want us to. Uh, and and we, don't, we don't charge for that. We believe people should know their legal rights and legal entitlements. So it's quite easy. We're quite accessible. You know, I, 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 don't, uh, I don't judge people. I'm just there to give the information, and people can do with it what they will. And the cost is another thing people are going to think of, right? Oh, I got to call a lawyer. Great, this is going to sink me, right? I mean, you personally, I mean, you're, you know, you're sitting here in shorts, a t-shirt, you drive an old Hyundai, you're a humble guy. You just, you know, you just help people. Right, I, mean, I help people. How does it get paid for generally, right? Well, yeah, no. Generally speaking, first of all, people can uh, actually ask uh, ask us whatever questions they want, and then we will answer them. Uh, if we need to represent a person, we will tell them what the options are. There's a couple of options usually, okay. which one of them may involve taking a percentage if, if uh, any compensation is recovered, but. I am. I'm a big believer. People should get uh, should get their their rights. Should know what they're entitled to. And if people don't believe me that I do that, well, that's why I created the Severance Pay Calculator. Because right. you don't even need to talk to me if you don't want to. You can go to severancepaycalculator.com, find out your on your own exactly how much severance you're owed. And if you want to contact me after, great. If not, that's fine. But you should know what you're owed. Severancepaycalculator.com. It's available. It's easy to use. Everyone should use it. And just a warning, the number is not wrong. There's not a bug in the system because no. it's probably a lot more than what you've been offering. The number there. is yeah. not wrong. I stand behind that number. It's completely accurate. We've, we've tested it a thousand times, and it's been used by thousands of people over the past year. It's completely right, but you've got to use it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell or smartphone. Talking about termination for cause, you've, uh, you've mentioned it, and we touched on it a few times over the last uh, two hours, being let go without severance, bad performance, misconduct, etc. Uh, termination for cause, when can it happen? Yeah, it can only happen if the misconduct that the employee is accused of is very significant and it's repeated and if the employers try to fix the problem. What I often see is employers pulling the trigger on a termination for cause way before they can. For example... Uh, maybe a situation where the employer is not happy with the employee's performance. Well, you're, we, we don't think you did a good job, so we're going to let you go for cause. It's extremely, almost impossibly difficult to terminate someone for cause because of performance reasons. If you're going to terminate someone for cause for performance, you have to show, first of all, a history of bad performance. You have to show that you, the employer, has uh, have either provided additional training or help, have provided warnings that, you know, here's what's going to happen if performance doesn't get improved. And the employee effectively is refusing to do anything to improve. Extremely, extremely difficult. Mind you, John, the employer can still terminate employment if they want. Mm -hmm. They just have to treat it as a termination without cause and pay severance. So very, very difficult to terminate for cause. If you lost your job for cause, unless you did something such as you know violence in the workplace, stealing, uh, sexual harassment... It's extremely likely that it's not in fact caused it. Whatever you did does not rise to the level, which means you get severance. The other thing I want people to know about cause is that cause is an all or nothing type of a situation. Okay. There's no such thing as it's kind of cause, it's almost cause, so you're going to get a lot less severance. Either there's cause 100%, which means you don't get any severance, or there's no cause, which means you get full severance. There's nothing in between. 
No, you can't get a little bit pregnant. No, you cannot be able to get pregnant. Our courts have rejected the idea of a concept of near cause. There's no such thing. Either there's cause or there isn't. So you mentioned building up a case for the employer, or I guess for the employee keeping records. What do they they have to do if it gets to a legal standpoint to build a case? What should they be doing? If an employer wants to terminate for cause, they have to have their ducks in a row. So they want to show uh, the past history of conduct on behalf of the employee. They want to show what they have done uh, to, to rectify it. Any warnings, any suspensions, any training they provided. They have to be able to document that. So if I'm talking to one of my employer clients and they say, Lior, I want to let this employee go for cause, well, I'm going to want them to show me the warning letters that they provided. I'm going to want them to show me how they can prove that the employee did whatever the employee is accused of Even doing. Even emails? Keep emails? Emails, yeah, extremely okay. important. Build up your case. Literally, you want to have this paperwork ready because that's what you need to do to, to justify that cause. For the employee, on the other hand, if you believe that the employer is building up a case against you, you have to build up your own case by having documents and, uh, available to respond. So if you're accused of doing something, you want to have some records to show that maybe, maybe you yeah. didn't do this. Yeah, yeah. want to have that ammunition to respond because you want to be in the best situation you can be to get severance. Take a quick call before the break. Jack in Oakville. Hi, Jack. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today, guys? Good, pal. What's, uh, what's going on? So this is my situation. Um, about three months ago, I was let go from my company. I was with them for about five years. This It would be this month, uh, yep. five years. Now, they seem like I believe they've treated me fairly, but I'd like to get your opinion on this. Sure. So they've given me three months paid leave, yep. right? But I was also given now four months of severance plus uh, a bonus once I uh, get to that four-month four period. Okay. And what was your position, Jack? I was a senior manager. Senior manager. And how old are you approximately? 46. Okay, you'd be entitled to right around eight months compensation total. Now, any way you slice it, if you've been compensated for eight months, uh, including that three-month leave, that's fine. If they're only paying you four months compensation, that would be completely inadequate. In your situation, given your age, position, and length of employment, right around eight months compensation is what you're owed. What I'm not sure I understand is what you mean by unpaid or by paid leave. Paid leave, meaning I don't have to be in the office, but they're giving me three months. So the three months is I could come and go in the office how I feel. Uh, and then plus you, another four. And then four on top of that. Yeah, that, that's not a bad offer. Maybe it's slightly less than what it needs to be, but it's it's not a bad offer ultimately, certainly if the money's guaranteed. So overall, I don't think you, you, you were treated badly. Okay, fair enough. Cool. Thanks. That's got to be the first time we've ever heard that. Though. It's, it's quite rare, yes. Ballpark, yeah. Yeah. We'll take a short break. I get to maybe a couple more phone calls in our last segment. 416 870 6400, star 640 on cell. This is the Employment Hour. Talk radio, AM 640, and on AM 900, CHML. Pretty close to wrapping up the now two hour show. Again, like we always like to do, we got a couple phone calls coming through, and that'll take us right to the end. We'll go to uh, George in Toronto. Hi, George. How are you? Quickly, how are you? Yes, quickly. Okay, my wife was terminated from her job of uh, about 14 years. Yes. Um, she pursued it, and it Turned out it was a wrongful dismissal, but she only got six months severance and uh, reinstatement of her health benefits. Is yeah. that adequate? That's something that she negotiated with the employer. Uh, yeah, through unfortunately through a lawyer, but I think um, that's completely that's inadequate, George. Uh, yeah, I mean, even without knowing more about her situation, unless it was a cause case, she probably would have been looking at a year's pay, not not less than that. Unfortunately, if she signed off, the bad news I'm going to give you is there's not much can be done about that. So uh, it, it is what it is. But after 14 years, there's just no way that six months is, in, is adequate. Gosh, she's 50% less than what she should be. Yeah, it, be 50 cents on the dollar. Andy, how are you in Toronto? Got a question for Leor? Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing? Good, pal. Um, 
been working for Bell for 18 years. I got uh, terminated. Uh, all I got was my vacation pay, and uh, that's about it. And uh, I think it was three weeks or four weeks pay. Were you part of a union, uh, Andy? I'm part of a union, yeah, but the union hasn't done anything. So the only one, uh, Andy, that can help you is the union. There's no other recourse. You may have to file a complaint with the labor board against the union, but the only one that's allowed to help a unionized employee in any case is the union. There's no one else allowed. How many times have we heard that in this show? Unions doing many nothing times. for me. Shocking. Yeah. If you didn't get through this afternoon, Hannah, we'll take you, we'll take you, take you off the air if you're still on the uh, line, so hang on there. Uh, we'll wrap it for uh, for this week. Again, we're, uh, we're two hours now, starting at 12 o'clock on Sundays, going right till 2, so... Have your uh, questions prepared for next week. We'll take uh, we'll take it for now. Uh, anytime outside of show hours, 416-216-5900. That's Lior's number. Right to his hip and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And remember, check out the severancepaycalculator.com to see what you wrote if it comes down the pike that way. We're wrapping for now the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.